Hi, everybody. Welcome to Lunch Therapy, where the world truly is an illusion. Welcome to Lunch Therapy number 59. So good to be here. So good to see you. This is the last day of Better Off Dead week. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Uh, we have an incredible guest today, Diane Franklin, uh, pictured here with John Cusack. She's the Monique, the character of Monique the foreign exchange student in Better Off Dead. And uh, so glad to have her here. It's, uh, it's just going to be really fun. Um, but first, we've got to take in some breaths. Three breaths. Feel your feet on the floor. Let's get present. Hold it. Let it out. Taking another breath. Let it out. Hoi, Todd Lee. Hoi. Taking another deep breath. Think about our guest that's coming on soon. Uh, it's going to be enlightening. Some more stuff about Better Off Dead. Let it go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here. And uh, let's get into the interview, because uh, I think it's really fascinating. Here we go. Diane Franklin, Monique from Better Off Dead. All right, here we are. We are lucky enough to be with Diane Franklin, who plays Monique in Better Off Dead. And as she's in many other films as well. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the one that comes to mind right now. Uh, but we're so lucky to have you here. Thanks for joining us here on Lunch Therapy. Merci Buckets for asking me. <laughs> Merci Buckets. Yeah, so there's so many great quotes from this film. That's one of the things that I like about it. People quote this thing and they don't even know they're quoting it. People say, I want my $2. You know, people say, I'm sorry, uh, sorry your mom blew up, Ricky, and stuff like that. They just don't, you know, or uh, get your testicles off of me. <laughs> you know, and like, what is that from? I don't know what it's from. Um, so did you... Um, did you know when you guys were making this film, what did, did you think this was going to be a big film? Did you think it was going to be a lasting film? What were you thinking when well, you were I making this thing? I didn't think that anything was going to be, I never thought that it was going to be quoted. Yeah. And we didn't, I mean, we, I can tell you this, every person who was in this film thought it was hilarious yeah. because they would not have done it if they did not think the script was so funny. And yeah. I remember thinking, how is this being made? There's nothing gratuitous in it. Yeah. <laughs> what, how is this possible that there's a film that I would actually go and see that I'm actually in? How, 
is that a at the time were films more gratuitous do you think i mean i think probably sex scenes were probably more extensive back then in the 80s right oh well you know the idea is that you would how do you get an audience member to go to a theater you have to either give you know like get them up out of the bed into a car driving get to the theater pay money to go into a theater to watch things and it was basically bad language violence and you know sexual sex Mm-hmm. Sex. <laughs> sexual, sexual sex, sex. So, the best yeah. kind yeah so, yeah and it seemed like that was that was something yeah. that people did a lot more i mean it seemed to me the sex scenes were like a lot longer and like now they're kind of uncomfortable to watch because they they play music well, and they're just like where people normally would cut right i i gotta say to me i think the sex scenes are very educational and i frankly i think that's where a lot of america learned about sex yeah through the teen films. Um, oh, so I think that's kind of interesting when you think about it. I mean, you yeah. certainly couldn't have it at home with younger students, you know, younger kids. So yeah. I think there's a, a place for it. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of Better Off Dead, I just was so thrilled. And I don't think anybody who was in the film, we all, we didn't anticipate it was going to be. Yeah. Rem- I not remembered. We loved the film, but yeah. we just didn't think that, I really didn't think people were going to be watching it today and remember it um, because it was a very kind of word of mouth film. It really is. Mm. And I think it is still today. Uh, in fact, I'm actually writing a book about Better Off Dead right now. Really? Because okay. uh, and it is going to be the ultimate of all books because it comes from love. Yeah. And I just, I love the film. I love the characters. I think it's a great uh, American film. And I think it's a great romance. And uh, it teaches a lot of wisdom. And it's funny. And you can play it every Christmas. And there's a lot of great things about it. So when you said the quotes, I have to say one of the things that I find awesome was there was a lot of quotes that I thought were memorable. Yeah. But then there were quotes that I didn't even realize people knew. And People would say to me, well, you know, like whenever this this business happens, I'll say this quote. And whenever that happens, I'll say that quote. And I just I I found it. um, It's just really exciting to be in a film that has memorable quotes. Yeah, certainly the the French fries, French dressing to drink Peru. I mean, that's something that people say all the time. And you almost can't help but say that kind of, that stuff, you know, because it's so ridiculous yes. and fun. Or Christmas. Christmas or the love, the language of love. Love, love, right. Yeah, it's so love, great. Which, honestly, I have to say, Laura Waterbury, uh, yeah. Laura, my tongue twister, Laura Waterbury, Laura Waterbury. Well, can't say that it is hard times. to say. Um, yeah. But uh, she played my mom, and unfortunately, yeah. uh, she actually passed a few years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted her. To, I would really wanted to interview her for my book, and unfortunately, she was um, she had passed. But she was a dream to work with. We really? laughed so hard, and I just was so lucky to work with her. She was just hilarious. We She's just so a, a funny in that movie. Uh, there are so many good characters in the movie, and the actors so commit to them. That's what I appreciated about it. She really committed to that in a in a kind of a like like she was playing a tragedy oh. or something. <laughs> you she created know, created something that did not exist until she created it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you talked about uh, Cal Arts that you had gone to Cal Arts, right? Yes. So did Savage Steve Holland, and yes. so all of this came out of the beauty of I think to me what made this film so special was that Savage uh, came from an animation background, so he saw everything sort of as over um, bigger than life and cartoony but in i honestly think sometimes life is so crazy that it you you shift over to the other side where 
you know, it, it can make you crazy. And then you go, you know what? This is hilarious. I mean, I can't even, we're not on the other side of it. And so I think with Better Off Dead, you know, the idea that it was, a, you know, like killing yourself, you know, the idea of suicide obviously is a traumatic and like serious issue. But for him to take it and shift it to the other side and make it such a lively, bright kind of life affirming film was hilarious. I mean, just wonderful. Like just I think it gives people a place to go when they feel so down, you know. Yeah, and it's sort of everything was sort of exaggerated, but things that you might be feeling anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when he's drawing in a sketchbook and then it becomes animated and there's the girl that's dating the entire basketball team or whatever. These are sort of exaggerated and he's trying to ask her out. Sort of exaggerated things of what actually happens to you. You know, yeah, you how it feels. feel like when you're a teen that everyone is asking her out. You feel like your girlfriend, everybody is asking your ex-girlfriend out. You know, you feel yeah. like when the you teacher the radio, asks her out <laughs> the radio where every song is a love song. You feel that, you know, and I think maybe that's what the, the button is, is that, you know, we all understand the feeling yeah. and then it goes you know, and then it, it just does it. It, goes, it takes yeah. it a little bit farther, which is what comedy does sometimes. It's yeah. like, you know, and that's the thing in rewatching it, which I only can see this blurry version that they have on YouTube at this point because I can't find it anywhere online. But oh, I think it's really I think it will probably be back online. It was probably um, like licensed by somebody and now it's not or something. It's going to yeah. be limbo. But um, that's what I one thing that I noticed about it because I watched it with my wife and she had not seen it before. But it's That's like, a cool turn on, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's fun. Like, you're a virgin. You haven't seen it. Now you're going to see the film. Yeah, and it's fun, too, because it's like one thing after another after another. You're like, oh, I remember this part. And it's not. it doesn't really have a lot of dead spots in it, I feel like. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, it moves along. I think it's still, I think it still works today. I have uh, done, you know, conventions, and I have parents bringing their kids and the kids love it and that's a really cool thing and I think it's got like great role models in it and the caricatures are they're just memorable you know but again not it's memorable not because we ever thought it was I think it just hits home and I, I have to tell you like when I go to conventions it is such a beloved film so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And the remember I took like this, I'm French yes. in it. So if you don't right. know me, if you don't know who you are. French voice. Did you like now you're a real actor's actor, right? So did you did you mm-hmm. work hard on your French accent for this thing? Oh yeah. Like well well what happened was was interesting. I had done a film before, um, in New Zealand actually, and I played a French girl in there, but that was more like a dramatic like I had to play it very real. So it was my first time of doing a French accent. So when I came back from that film and I got the audition for Better Off Dead, I thought that, I thought, well, there's a French girl in it. They must want me to play this character. And when I came in, they said, uh, but I really, I love the French girl. And I thought, yeah. well, I can do this yeah, because I worked on it. But when you work, um, when you act, what you do is like you go in and you connect with your instinct and your gut and like what connects with you. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, then you like once you get a part, then you do the research. What you know, like, for instance, any French that I spoke in the film, I put in like I researched and like I decided what, what I would say if I was upset, you know, because if you're if you're from another country and you get upset, usually you would go to speak your native language. Right. Yes. So there were things that I could add, um, and that's what I did the research afterwards, um, making you know sure that it was French. And also, 
if, I mean, it took like this, and this is a general French. It's not from a region. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not specifically from a place. Yeah. But it also has to be articulate enough for the audience to understand it. So there's sort of an a. Uh, you have to take in the fact that people have to understand what you're saying. Yeah. So if it's very thick, you you wouldn't be able to necessarily understand it, or perhaps it's too. Um, it's it's just interesting. But I what I love about it it was that there was just this an ease with everyone. Everyone sort of felt like I was French when we were acting. They didn't, you know, it wasn't awkward. Yeah. I, I could improvise with them in French. So that was a really fun thing to do. Super fun. Did you speak with a French accent off offset? Uh, no, this I did not. But uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I could go into it if I needed yeah. to. Uh, when the, uh, I had enough, I don't know, I just had enough confidence, I think, yeah. to go in and out of it. Um, uh, but I was very sincere. Yeah. You know, I like I that about the movie that, that it's sincere that way. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not winking at you a lot. It's like seems to be sincere. No. Yeah. No. And in fact, that's what made it hilarious. Because like, for instance, Ricky. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, Dan Schneider. Great. Crying, laughing. He Love was it. so sincere. John was so sincere. John was lovely. I yeah. mean, he was he's just a darling. I, I yeah. love him. And he was just really real. And Curtis, oh my gosh. Like, I just, everybody was their own. I, I feel what also makes the film really fun mm-hmm. is that it's not characters we've really seen before. I mean, we've seen the nerd, but we haven't seen a Ricky. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And we've yeah. seen maybe a, a kind of the druggy guy, but we haven't seen a Curtis. And, you yeah. know, we've seen French exchange student, but we haven't seen a Monique. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's, I love it's different, you know? I have to. Even uh, Beth. Beth, know? yeah. Beth, oh, yeah. Um, Amanda. She's not the typical girl that you would think. And I, no. I remember Savage, one of the things that's interesting about his casting was, you know, and part of my book, the things I'm writing is, you know, he's saying, you know, he was looking for someone who was likable, not really unlikable, because because Lane wouldn't go for someone who was not likable. So No, and she kind um, of explains to him, you know, I got to gotta date somebody more popular. I mean, it's just sort of pragmatic. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, that's my job. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, okay. Now, I got to ask you specifically about this one scene because it's something that keeps coming up. Um, there's a scene in the dance where Ricky um, takes off his jacket and then throws himself on the floor face down. Um, what was that? Um, it, we used to do a thing, it was called face dancing, and we did that at dances where we laid face down on the floor, and it was kind of a thing. Really? Yeah, and, it, okay. and so when we see that, we're like, Why, how are they doing that? What's going on? What that- happened? is so funny all right so one of the things that's interesting with the film was that savage um he was a very young director and he allowed us to do some improvising i think it was just he was like you know just go for it and i think people who have experience in comedy they very much allow other people to just bring what they find is funny to it and then they can direct from there you know um if it's too big they can bring it down but there's a freedom that savage gave us as actors which was the best and it made us enjoy working okay because mm-hmm. that is a very important part of directing is that your actors are happy and that they get to express their ideas because once they do then you can bring it back and forth but if an actor is too timid to do it then it doesn't um just doesn't it's too stiff right yeah, totally and a lot of actors are not even comfortable in improv so that's what was very interesting in this particular film is that there were actors I mean, Vincent Schiavelli, who played math teacher, that's like, he's a seasoned actor. He was in Cuckoo's Nest. Um, But if you allow the actor to play, then they show their imagination and you can see cool things. Well, anyway, that scene, we were just supposed to dance. And 
the one thing first was I told Danny, I said, pick me up and swirl me around. Like, go ahead, just let's do this. And I just pretended to be a rag doll. So that was really fun. Like that wasn't written in the script. So, you know, that was really cool. And then I was just like, okay, throw me away like a rag doll. And I think, I mean, I don't, it wasn't written that he did that. He just did that. He did. You know, they just went, okay, go Danny, do your thing. So he's going to actually, I think, contribute to the book as well. I'm going to find out what the details on that yeah, are. Please. But um, I think that was just him. And I didn't even know that was a thing. It yeah, was, well, for us, it was a thing. It um, was? And, but we lay down, yeah. face down with our hands to our sides. And it became a thing. I mean, uh, oh there was God. also a thing on Facebook called planking. And, yep, you know, but um, the way he felt was kind of splayed out. Um, but he just, he did just lay there. He didn't like just get up. And I, I wonder if maybe he was like trying to slide across the floor and then didn't. And then, you know, and then they just cut, which I no, like that kind just, of stuff he, too. He just, he was, I think the idea was that he put all his self out there as his character, mm -hmm. you know, like Ricky is doing his thing. And then he was like, I'm done. And that was it. So I think it came from who he was as a character. That, and that was cool about the character too, I must say, because the character was yeah. multidimensional because he wasn't just a dork that wouldn't, you know, try and be cool or try and do something or take some chances. He was actually out there, uh, you know, trying to be cool. He was trying to, trying to have fun. He was stubborn. Yeah. He was so stubborn as a character. He was like, he, he also, what I loved about his character was he was somebody who, he had a lot of ego. Yeah, he had a lot but of ego. He, he had a lot of ego. You have to and listen so to mother. You know? Right. And he defied Lane yeah. because he had that ego. And right, yeah. I think it's almost like the guy who thinks he's all that, but he and he's like, Well, you one day you'll see who I am. I mean, if Ricky grew up and you know, you know, he wound up being in another film, that would have been the character that was like the revenge of Ricky. Do you know the what I'm saying? Revenge of Ricky. Um yeah. but uh I I definitely think that 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 character, I mean, all the all the characters, gosh, just um even the tiny characters, I mean, even the guy who's like in the, the two guys in the tree, you know, and oh, they yeah. say that line about Classic. perfectly nice. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like that is that's such a quotable line. People have said that to me so many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has such legs. So you are you you're in a family of people that are creative. Is that right? You and your your husband and your yeah. daughter are all creative. And what is and that like? Too. And your son, too. What is that like? Okay. So it stems from the mom yeah. <laughs> and I am a very creative person uh -huh. and I give my family and people around me a lot of creative freedom. Um, and I understand, I think it's just, uh, I was raised that way and I was raised to be, um, you know, just, a, I think what I, I think what makes creativity is when you're given little, not too much, but you have to do something with it. Hmm. And so when you are given, like if I said to you, you know, that's one of the things I really love about being an actor is go in a room. They don't need costume. They don't need makeup, hair, but they can make, they can entertain you. Mm -hmm. They can make you laugh, cry. And it's all just, everything's in your hands. So I really like that thought. Um, it's just like an artist, you know, you pen, paper, then you create beautiful art. You know, mm -hmm. that's all you need, pencil, paper, whatever. So, um, so this is how it started. Yeah. And what happened was then uh, when I met my husband, he's a writer. And so I love, to me, that attracted me because I love his imagination. Mm 
Yeah. Uh, and to me, he's like a visionary. I mean, he, I don't know if anybody knows, oh, but that interview he, that I saw with him was just like, wow, this guy's like a font of creativity. And he was talking about his creative process. And you're like, and that was one of the things that he said that he really enjoyed was the um, freedom that he had. Like he was working on the Fairly Odd Parents, I think. Yeah. And, and he said it was like a bucket that you could throw jokes into because it had such strong structure to it and you knew yeah. what the show was going to be about that you could just throw stuff in there. And, and he said that they would just have so much fun every day. And that kind of creative freedom is something that a lot of us, you know, besides fame and fortune, that's oh, yeah. not really the goal. The goal is to no. have creative freedom and be able to creatively do what you want to do and, and do things that you're proud of or yes. that you, you know, help other people and other people are like, thank you for doing that. You know? By the way, if you want to interview him, I'll ask him. He's, he's I would love awesome. to. I would love um, to. He, okay, cool. Yeah. He is such a, uh, first of all, he's like a, he's very upbeat, mm -hmm. um, fun guy. Yeah. He, and very, very smart. And he has, he has really a sense of structure. He knows how to write. He's been writing forever. I mean, he's, he's been Emmy nominated and he's just, he's been in the business forever. He used to write for Staying Elsewhere long time ago yeah he had that he had that story that i heard in there in the interview about yeah, how, anyway, so, yeah so he does uh he does his writing and then what happened because of our relationship is we are we have a lot of comedy and and laughing at our, our house yeah. and when we had kids that to me was like like i was like i want to raise our kids with a sense of humor and they were raised with that they were raised with uh understanding you know, the, 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 you know, we, people look for riches and they look for fame and money, but the real gift is being able to laugh Yeah. and you laugh at life and at yourselves. And you know what I mean? You gotta be I, having I mean, a good time. Really. You have to be, I have yeah. to remind myself that all the time. Cause I get so, uh, worked up about like, you know, whether something's going to be perfect or not, or, you know, and I have to just kind of let go and go, are you having fun? Are you having fun? Cause nobody's going to have, it's, you're not, that's what doing your job if you're not having fun yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact like i mean look if you're with your spouse or your girlfriend or saying you're laughing you got it you, you're rich you get yeah. it like that's yeah. it you know you've got you know there's no higher place you know um but anyway so because of that we our kids were raised with a sense of humor and basically um that what that did is that made them not take themselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. Like they work hard. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. They work hard, but they don't take themselves seriously. Yeah. So there means, but if you do that, what happens is the process of creativity is you allow yourself to make mistakes along the way because that's how you learn and that's how you wind up doing something amazing because you have to keep trying. And yeah. if you get all self serious, you shut down and you won't be able to create does that make sense totally so we've been very you know you've got to like i know so many people in this industry and i've been you know around yeah. for a long time and i know so many people that don't don't do anything because they think it's not perfect so they just are stuck and they're extremely talented some of the most talented people i know but they just won't yeah. step out there because it's like oh it's not perfect or it's not as good as something that they have yeah. in their mind and they don't right. realize you but have to just put one foot in front of the other visualizing is very very important part of that um, but perfection is something that we strive for, but it's not an end. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I've done projects where I'm like, okay, do it, do it, do it. And then I'll reach a plateau and I'll go, you know what? This can't get better than it is where it is yeah. or what it is. You reach a level and, uh, but it is about hard work. 
it's a very interesting it thing. Is, I mean, it's a, it's we, a balance. My husband and I have philosophies about it. We've, I, yeah. I teach kids to, like, I'm very much about the creative process. So, yeah. um, when you say creative uh, freedom, you said, I allow my family creative freedom, or I want them to have creative freedom. What exactly do you mean by creative freedom? And I'm glad you brought that up um, because creative freedom, a lot of people, I didn't realize it because I was raised with it, is a lot of people are very judgmental of their spouses and their uh, children mm -hmm. to be creative. Yeah. They might judge it or say uh, something like, they might coin it with a phrase like silly or it's, you know, fruit, it's, it says has no purpose or it's just, you know, wasting your time. Mm -hmm. never wasting your time being creative is never is not wasting your time it's actually finding answers mm -hmm. it's this it's the brain of the person who is searching for the answer that they haven't found out yet and um it is such an important part of uh development and we let it go early we you know we think oh it's childish imagine i mean look at the people who are trying to find the cure for the coronavirus right now we're asking them to go to that childlike stage and go think out of the box um and I, I have to, bring, I'm going to get back to the creative process. That no, thing. One, one of the things in this art, my family that I am mm -hmm. is I'm the person who makes miracles happen. Like bizarre things. Like people think, oh, you know, we can't fix that TV or we can't, you know, or that will never happen or this. And I make it happen. And yeah. it is so weird because it comes from a place that is not controlling. It is, comes from a place of opening up your brain and thinking out of the box. Yeah. Uh, and it, if you speak to my husband, you'll have to ask him about it because it's, it is such a funny thing. Recently, something happened and he said, that wasn't supposed to happen, but of course you made it happen and we're just going to let that go. It's just like, that's the way it is. Yeah. So it's because um, of thinking out of the box. So anyway, creative freedom. I like it. Um, like with my spouse, like I do crazy things. I do cuckoo things that, but my spouse doesn't judge me. He says, go, okay, fine, go for it. I'm just going to go do this and that's fine. I'm not going to even, you know, I'm not going to look, you just go do your thing. Right. Um, so, uh, so I will go, you know, creative things. Some things work out, some things don't like I made a board game years ago. It was like, that didn't go very forward, but then I wrote my book and then it, that got published. So like yeah. there's things that, you know, some things will go forward, some things don't. And that's the nature of how, things work. I think your um, husband was channeling you when he said something like that too. He said, this no. might, you put your energy into something, this might not be the thing, but you still put a hundred percent into it and something yes. else might come out of it. You never know, you know? Absolutely. Now here's the thing. As an actress, I have worked since I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an actress. I am stubborn. I wanted it to happen. Whether someone wanted me to be an actress or not, I wanted that. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a little crazy, but it's, it's how I was. It's like that's I knew would make me happy. No, most right? people don't know what they want. I knew what I wanted. That's the, that's part that's of like the, the big problem. problem for a lot of people is they're like, I don't know what I want. I don't have a passion for anything. Or they're like, I want that, but I can't have that because people are going to think I'm selfish or whatever. Can I tell you something? Mm. That's the lie. Yeah. Everybody knows what they want. Oh, you think one day, one time somebody said to you, that's silly. Yeah. That's stupid. I'm right. telling you, I work with kids. Every one of the kids that I teach, and I teach thousands of kids, mm -hmm. they know what they want. Really? But there's a parent or an adult who at one point says, you can't do that. Can't have that. Or that, they're not good at that. You can have anything and you want, but not that. 
<laughs> yeah. And yeah. by the way, you want some kid to do something, you just say to them, you'll never be a doctor. Don't you dare be a doctor. If you're a doctor, I'm going to be so mad at you. Okay, guess what they'll be. So, That's good. <laughs> never mind. So, Reverse um, psychology. But, right, right. So, yeah. um, But I will say that you do know what you want. You just are not allowing yourself to. So the voice of the outside person became the voice on the inside. And it said yeah. to you, you're not good at that. Now, I'm going to teach you something amazing. Mm -hmm. You might be a person who is, let's say, for instance, maybe um, I'm not good at math. I'm mm -hmm. really not good at math. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to be a mathematician and, and there was somebody next to me who was a brilliant person at math, you know, like this, like, so if you had to pick between two people to be a mathematician, well, yeah, maybe they'll become a mathematician first. But guess what? Maybe they'll get so burnt out, they'll leave it. But me, I would be like the turtle, keep doing, doing, doing. And eventually it would, I would become a mathematician because I worked so hard and it, it meant something to you me. You are so right. So, so what I'm telling you, it's like the turtle in the hair mm -hmm. is that you, there's room for more than one mathematician. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. So there's room for more than one writer and there's room for more than one actress. Yeah. And you don't have to be the best unless you want to be, yeah. And then you'll find a way. And maybe it'll take you longer. And guess what? Maybe the world isn't ready for you to be the greatest mathematician right now. But if you keep doing it, at one point, it will be your turn. I remember uh, Prince said that when he first started playing the guitar, it was really hard for him. And I think that's that really always, I always remember that when it's something, I'm doing something and I'm like trying to, and I, I'm like, wow, I must not have an aptitude towards this. No. Right. Well, okay, Just so keep this doing is it. The interesting part. Just because you have an aptitude for something does not guarantee success. No. There are so many people. How many people? And this is probably very true. There's so many people who go, oh, um, I want to be a model. I'm a model. And then some people really want to be models. And then other people are like. Well, I'm just a model. Like people go, you're a model. Here, here's money. Go do this. Yeah. But they have no drive, no interest. Right. It's the person who wants to be. They're gonna find a way to do it, and yeah. they're doing it today. You're like, whoa, okay. I, I know. You're right. I mean, being you know? a model is a totally different thing today than it was, ten even ten years ago. And if somebody said, yeah. hey, I want to be a model ten years ago, and they were not like that, that what models were then, which were like heroin yes. chic or whatever, um, they, right. they somebody might have stopped them. Ready. Yeah. The world wasn't ready for them as models at that time period. So you say, okay, fine. Maybe at some point it'll happen. That's what so. I say sometimes. Somebody, sometimes people say to me, you should have a podcast because I'm a stand-up comedian. They say, you should have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I used to have a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like the only guy without a podcast today because right, I used right? to have a podcast. And, uh, but it was like, I'm like, I always say I'm not, uh, I don't miss the boat. I get I get there before the boat comes to the dock and I jump in with all my luggage. Everyone has their own method that works for yeah. them. No one knows you better than you. Yeah. And the world will give you information and say, do this, do this is, but pick and choose that works for me. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know? Um, and you were talking about my kids yeah. and what I, the creative world, I teach them. So one of the things I did for my kids um, is give them creative freedom to do whatever they like. I, I, I introduce them to things like I introduce gymnastics and, and soccer and uh, baseball and dance, uh, hip hop dancing and uh, comedy. And I just introduce them everything. And then you see where they gravitate what they yeah. like, music. So 
that's the best advice I give to, you know, parents like who have kids who want to be actors and, you know, you kind of just introduce them and then you watch. And then your job as a parent is to find out where they, where they connect. And then your job is to help them, but don't do it for them. Yeah. So you put them in the environment and you give them a place. And if they don't want to do it, don't force them. Yeah. And yeah. They and will, you can't sit there and go, eh, 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 that's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You can't be like, eh, eh, that's not how you do it. You have uh -uh. to just kind of give them a lot of space. This is a, everybody. Yeah. This is not just kids. It's adults. It's everybody. Yeah. You can't, we all have to watch our judgments because we have a judgment on something, but you know, I always say you can't judge a seed for not being a flower. You don't know what the flower is yeah. going to look like. You have no idea. That's, but you have to give it water, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, in fact, if there's two, there's things more, more likely is, uh, you know, if you let it, if you let it make its own decision and whatever, it's more likely to, to grow. Certainly. Um, I'll tell you what's interesting with my kids as, because I was an actress or am an actress. Yeah. Um, I knew that my kids, especially when they hit middle school, kids usually go, I want to be an actor. I want to be famous. That's the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was very, with my kids, I was like, okay, well, if they have an interest or if there's something, I want them to see what that world is early because I don't want them to, if they want, if they have an interest in it, I'm going to show them right then because if I wait, they're going to put it on a pedestal, yeah. right? So when my kids were little and they said, oh, mommy's acting, whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, are you interested? Do you want to try? Yeah, I'll sure. I'll try, you know? And they, so I showed them what it's like. And for my, my daughter, uh, she had actually a photographic memory, so she was very successful in it. And but I also could see that she loved to write, and it was the time when we started having home computers. Yeah. So for her, I was like, acting was my dream. What's your dream? And for her, it was filmmaking and writing and comedy. And I said to her, you know, you want to do so many things. Back in my day, we did one thing. I said, but you're doing something new. This, this is a time where all this thing is available to you. I said go after it all and see maybe you're going to create something that's never been created before. Yeah, you and don't if know. You do, she doesn't know. If you do, yeah. you've got to have to be really nice to yourself because you're going, you're creating something that hasn't been created yet. So the world's not used to it. Yeah. Oh, that's so, such a good thing to say. That's such, such so a good point. Patient, right. Be patient with it. So when you're creating something that no one's ever seen before, mm -hmm. you cannot expect the world to get it. It's yeah. like they need some kind of reference, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it might take a while. It's going to take longer than something that everybody knows. You know, everyone knows what a lawyer is. Everyone knows what a vet is. You know, everyone knows what a, um, you know, a dramatic, you know, screen actress it does. Yeah. But if you're creating now the multimedia thing and you're doing YouTubing, and all, all that is fresh. And now we're creating new um, visualization of what that is, you know, like. I new know. concepts. You know? I know. We're sitting in it right now. The, uh, exactly you know, this. Yeah, we're it's sitting exactly in one right it. now. I know when I started doing, I started doing this show when we got locked down. And I'm on my, this is the 57th episode. Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, but it's one of those things that I don't know where it's going. Like I started doing it and I was like, I'm doing stand-up comedy on the internet. And then I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't have that many routines. So what am I doing? And so I, I kind of have learned to kind of let it go and just see That's how does right. this thing you evolve? You need to let know where it's going because you don't know. You don't know. You don't you know where it's going it. to go. Yeah. But are you doing what you love? Yeah, and it's so much fun. So people? much fun. Yeah. yeah. See, this we would is never where... be having this conversation if I wasn't doing this, you know? Right. 
Yeah. And it feeds on each other. Everything feeds on everything else. So it's super great. Yeah. And you're bringing up another point too. We talk about creative freedom. It's not just kids. What about adults? What about the adults who are are depressed now? And you know why they're depressed? Because they lost hope Mm -hmm. in their own creativity. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, just get off your back and start connecting to what you love to do. And you will start have maybe you love to sing, dance. I don't care if you're good, just start doing it. I have mentors I have mentors that are twenty years younger than I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just, I do, I do. You know, it's you exciting. can't get all caught up in that whole age thing. Um all right, I'm gonna have to end this now because we're about we're we're oh. going about enough time, but it's been okay. super fascinating. And uh yeah, I, I uh, really appreciate you coming on this this show and talking with us so so, well, thank um, you. You, uh, you talked about things openly. I haven't talked about before, so I think yeah. this, it's going to be interesting to the audience. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, so um, that is Diane Franklin from Better Off Dead. She has, she's Bonjour. writing books. She's doing all kinds of incredible things, inspiring others, and we're just so happy to have her on the show. And uh, thank you again, Diane. Merci, Buckets, again. Merci, Buckets. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> All right. Well, that was something. That was really something uh, unexpected and wonderful. And um, thank you, Diane, for being on the show. Um, and thank you for the great um, lunch therapy community for, you know, your your comments. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of moved by that. I'm going to move on to um, something else here, um, which is just an example of what she was talking about. Um, she has two um, kids, Olivia and Nick De Laurentiis, and her husband, Ray De Laurentiis, is this incredible um, animator and writer. Um, we're going to get him on the show at some point. Um, but this is Olivia. Uh, well, so Olivia does the thing. Um, it's a show on Snapchat. Uh, it's called Apocalypse Goals, and this is uh, what it looks like. I didn't even know they had shows on Snapchat, but this is where it is. And um, so check that out if you got your Snapchat going. I'm going to show you a trailer because, uh, yeah, Todd, do what you love. Pick up that guitar or whatever it is. And uh, let's do this thing, right? Let's live this life. Um, Nick De Laurentiis um, is also... Uh, he's a musician. This is her son. He's doing his thing. Check him out on Spotify. And now for the uh, trailer from Apocalypse Goals, uh, Olivia De Laurentiis's show on Snapchat. Aliens are vaporizing everything in California, and we are in California. Oh my God, what do we do? If you're in California, get out now. So the apartment is vaporized, the city is gone, we have to evacuate. What do we have packed from the bachelorette for? Anything that I bought when I was drunk. Crap. Can you call an airline to get us out of the country? Yeah, do you have any preference of airline? Oh, I don't know. Any airline that will get us out of the country because it's the apocalypse? Well, I mean, do you have, like, sky points anywhere? I will push you out of the car. Oh, oh, let's play a game.
game called Who Do We Know That's Totally Gonna Get Vaporized. Oh, who from the Bachelorette Party? Oh, 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 oh. Um, Lynette. Lynette. Oh my god, classic Lynette. Classic Lynette. Honestly, f Lynette. Yeah, actually, I like really hate Lynette. Well, that, of course, looks hilarious. Um, so let's let's check it out. Let's, let, yeah. All right, so it's time now for dance break. Because we all need a dance break, right? Um, I'm bringing the uh, Clark, Colt Clark and the Clark family on again because I think they are fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it looks hilarious. Um, all right, so here we go. Here's the Clark, Clark, Clark and the Clark family. I don't know them, but I think they're fantastic. I'm just going to show a little bit of it, and it's, it's, you know, it's dance break. Hey, everybody, we're the Clark family. We're going to sing Get Back by the Beatles. Hit it, boys. One, two, three, four. Clarks. That's right. I love the Clarks. They're wonderful. <laughs> 